Hello, everyone, and welcome to our uh, part one of our season finale of oh kelsey's gonna hack up along all right now she's back um kelsey how you feeling welcome to our season finale i know you've been a little under the weather but you've been studying up for a trivia match that's happening next week this is part one of our finale part two being that trivia match have you been taking care of yourself first and foremost and b have you been studying how are you feeling dill um thank you so much for asking me how i'm doing i'm doing much better um i got the flu uh last week um which was really fun uh get your flu shot um i didn't which is why i got the flu Mm. um and you know i have been studying i've been studying a lot since november i feel like mid-november is when i really started cracking down and hitting the books but you know getting the flu really helped because it really forced me to just sit in my bed with my laptop and just absorb the mcu and so i'm really excited for the match yeah and that match is as i said not happening for another week uh we are recording it in a few days but you all won't see it for another week part one of this finale though is going to be kind of like just a recap of phase two kind of looking at all the projects and seeing which ones still stick with us where all the newer ones lie because at the end of last year we did a ranking of everything that came out last year um but we haven't done one of just the phase four ranking in general and even myself like i changed a lot from last year um just based on rewatching stuff stuff i hadn't seen at home and only in theaters <sighs> seeing how things change it's it's a tough task because there's 17 projects we're not ranking i am groot because those were just kind of little shorts um and we're not ranking like any of the adjacent films like morbius or venom leather be carnage even though they technically can tie in um mm-hmm. we're only going with the 17 mcu proper uh projects but gals um how we're gonna do it we're gonna kind of do it like we did our villains ranking thanks everyone who watched our villains ranking hope it was fun hope we didn't have too many controversial takes we're gonna go from 17 to 1 and how it'll be is if it's in our bottom seven we'll talk about it now if it's in our top 10 we'll save it for later and if it's in our top 10 it's our top five that's our top third we'll get there when we get there but uh if it's in your top 10 we'll save it for later um let's just jump right in Kels. what what do you got at number 17 what is your worst film of phase four or actually uh, why, don't, why don't we preface by saying like like how do you feel of phase four as a whole now that it's wrapped let's start with that because we should kind of give a little intro you know <laughs> sorry i'm even now still making adjustments to my okay. list because well, i'm uh, not su- yeah. even super confident yeah. about say- what i ended up with I'll say it's a lot more top heavy in the fact that like the stuff I have high on my list, I really like everything mm-hmm. else mid- ranges from like middling to bad, but I don't think there's anything except for maybe one or two things on my list that I outright dislike. I think a lot of the stuff here is not by any means MCU's best, but also not their worst. Like it's all just kind of middle tier. Um, and then there's like sure. two or three things, two or three things that I would say are like the best of the best in the MCU. And like one or two things that I would say is the worst of the worst. So, um, overall more balanced than i expected when i was ranking this i was like yeah all these things in the middle can kind of be swapped around a little bit but yeah i agree dill phase four has been getting a bad rep over overall but honestly i'm looking at my list and there's more things that i like than dislike at at the end of this uh phase four for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, and even the things that I dislike, I can still find aspects within them that I do like. You yeah, know what I, I mean? Everything has some sort of redeeming quality. Even my worst one has one part of it that I like, you know, one character. 
may have come high in our villains ranking last week. We'll talk about it. Um, okay. do, you want me, do you want me to kick it off? Do you want to kick it off? How do you want to do this? I feel like we have the same number 17. So why don't we Whoa. both say it at the same time? All right. One, two, two three. Three. Thor, Love, Thor, and, Love and Thunder. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're in agreement. Um, it is, Excuse in me. my opinion, not just the worst thing in phase four, but I think if I had to rank all 30 something projects this is definitively at the bottom for me i think it's the worst examples of the overuse of humor in the mcu i think it's the worst examples of the under uh utilized visual effects department or overworked and underpaid visual effects department not that they're underutilized they're utilized quite mm. well it's just they're mm -hmm. not given the time to do what they need to do and the dead demands and all that um i think it's some of the most honed in acting i think it's some of the worst use of marketing and the fact that you're selling it as a guardians team up and they're gone within 10 minutes i think the villain's great but does the villain mm -hmm. work in the context of everything else going on in the film with screaming goats and a protagonist dying of cancer like this could have been great if they had gone the more serious approach but you can't have taika waititi of all people be the guy to do that if you're going to handle like gore and cancer you know you can't have the guy who's just like i want to make gay rocks and screaming goats a thing it's like that's great i want to see that movie or that movie but this movie was like kind of a combination of both those things and and there are bits and pieces i like i love the lgbt representation i love christian bale and i do like the chemistry between chris hemsworth and natalie portman but everything else for me in this film was just poop um yeah 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 it it, it was yeah, Dill, it's one of those things where it's like individual elements work so well on their own, but when it's yeah. all together, it's it's poor execution. Um, right. And the way that I went about this ranking was I gave myself five categories as we do for our villains ranking. And I, you know, did it out of uh, 25 total. Mm. And so I, the five categories that I gave myself were style, like that stylistically, did I like the tone and the aesthetic of the mm. film or the or the TV show, the project, what whatever it was? Did I like the villain? Um, did I think that there was a good action to story ratio? Because mm. I feel like it's really good to find balance in these films uh, of that. Um, am I excited about what's coming next? Like, did this movie set up? for some greater story or set up a great character that I'm looking forward to seeing in the future of the MCU. Right. And lastly, do I think the film stuck the landing? And for the first two categories for Thor, Love and Thunder, style and villain, really high scores. I gave the style 3.5 out of five and then the villain a four out of five because right. you know how much I loved Gore. He was number one on my villains ranking. But then for everything else, it was pretty low for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And I think it's important when we talk about like future projects, I think there's a difference between having you excited with this character and this story and seeing where this story goes rather than, oh, this is going to be the next character in that movie. Like, I, I think there's a difference, like, because example, Doctor Strange and Multiverse set up Clea at the very end, the post credits. And like, to me, that's yeah. not that's not a pro for setting up the future. That's just an extra added thing that adds nothing for me. Whereas like, right. yeah, I agree, like something like Moon Knight, for example, it's like, no, I'm excited to see Mark Spector again. It's not because yes, they're trying to absolutely. set up other installments. It's just, you know, it's it's the character we've seen. I'm excited to see more of like, I think there's a difference there um, because I hate when the MCU is just there to promote future projects like kind of like yeah um yeah I, I can't really think of a lot on the top of my head but like you know like the hercules tease at the end of this isn't like oh my god i can't wait to see hercules like th that's the difference um right but like 
No, I know what you're saying. Like, you know, it should, like, these movies or these TV shows sh shouldn't just be like vessels for something better. Like, they should right. all be able to exist and stand on their own two feet. Right, right, right. Yeah. But still have you excited for these characters that we've spent time with. Yeah. Um, all yeah. right. Six, 16. Uh, I don't know if this is controversial, but I've got Miss Marvel at my 16. Is that in your bottom seven? Uh, that's. This is tricky now because I didn't put the numbers. 17, 16, oh, okay. 15. Miss Marvel is my, yes, in my bottom seven. Miss Marvel is, is my four, 14. 14. All right. So you've got two two movies or projects between Miss Marvel and Thor Love and Thunder. Let's talk about it now, though, since we have it here. Sure. Um, 16 and 14. It's getting a sweet total of 30. Um, I think this is one of the strongest premieres Disney has ever had. And then mm -hmm. I feel like with every episode it got worse for me and i think that's just one of the worst shows where it like starts strong and ends bad i'd rather start weak and end strong um and i think sure. it's the opposite of that i think taking it doing the time travel stuff back in time is an interesting risk but i wish it would i wish the first season had just been setting up her in high school and these dynamics with her friends and her family and getting these powers and then we can later go into the stuff about her past and her origins and all the time travel stuff of the clandestines in like a season two because i think the merging of both I, I think the high school stuff and the mythology stuff didn't always blend and i think that's my biggest harp and because the love triangle I, I talked about it openly. It's a hot take, but I don't like Bruno. So it's like I was not invested mm. in the relationships here. And because they're okay. kids, so I'm also like, is this real? Or is this just like a crush? Like, this doesn't have the stakes that another film, like a Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness might have, where like Benedict Cumberbatch's character is older and like uh, Christine, what's her, Rachel McAdams' character is also older and like she's getting married. Like, that's a big leap from like, I have a high school crush. So I think just the stakes in general felt a little lesser as well. But. Um, sure. I'm excited for her, though. I, I think I'm most excited to see how they utilize her in the MCU now because I think it was kind of a muffled, um, fumbled origin story. But I think it's going to it introduce us to a character I'm excited to see. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Dale. Honestly, two of the projects are a little bit higher on my list solely because I loved the main character so much and I love right. the performances that they gave. And the reason why like, I miss Marvel a little bit higher than you is just because I'm so excited to find out what happens next for her. I really, mm. truly am. And I love the style of the show. It was just so fun and colorful mm. and different. And, you know, we didn't have to worry about those big epic endings that are take place in just a gray or a dark yeah. uh atmosphere that you yeah, hate. It was like in the hallways <laughs> of a school which was kind of interesting um yeah yeah honestly you get rid of those two episodes where they go back to like pakistan and time travel and shit and i think it's it's a little higher on my list but yeah that's where i had it um all right kels what is your number 16 my number 16 <clears throat> and i don't feel great about putting it this low it's just that there's other things that i like better than it Okay. And it's what if. All right, that is my 15. So we could talk about it now. Okay. Um, yeah. So cool, tell cool, me cool. About it. Yeah, Jill, I, I went back and I watched and I rewatched what if recently for, you know, studying purposes. And I really, really found myself enjoying every single episode. I mean, maybe not every single episode. There are some episodes that are better than others. But I think just and I and I love it as a concept. Mm. I just think that. It's one of those things that I could really, you know, take it or leave it. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? That's yeah, kind of how like, I feel about it. Yeah, it's like in the overall MCU, it, you take get rid of it, it doesn't change much. But I like yeah. that idea of just like being able to enjoy it as these little one-off things, kind of like a comic. Like it's just like a spin-off comic. Like if these are yeah. big comic books, this feels like the little newspaper clipping that you read, and you're like, oh, that's quite quite fun. Um, I think the difference here is that like at the end they try to make it all connected and i'm like that was a mistake for me i, I liked it mm. just being its own anthology thing i'm wondering if this maybe would have worked better if they released it in theaters as like a two-hour movie with like six shorts and it's just like an anthology movie i'm wondering if maybe the series aspect of it people expect it to kind of come together and that's why they forced an ending where they all kind of culminate all the worlds i liked it better when it was just each individual thing stood on its own i like the style though i think the style is what's best yeah. about it the animation i like seeing animation mm -hmm. in the mcu i wish there was more of it um i just recently rewatched both spider-man into the spider-verse and big hero 6 and i think those are two of my favorite marvel movies ever they're not mcu movies but they are marvel yeah. properties and yeah. i think it just goes to show how awesome animation is and i wish they went more down that route um you know wish they embraced animation a little more because there's so much you can do but i agree i think it's kind of like because it is such an oddity and such an outlier it's like it's hard to rank because it has the least impact on the mcu and I do like how some aspects of what if are kind of, we found them bleeding into aspects of like the canonical MCU with like um, Kurt's whole bit with the Baba Yaga and, you know, aspects of like um, the Doctor Strange, like zombies being in Doctor Strange right. Multiverse of Madness, him, you yeah. know, bringing to life the corpse. I do like how they're kind of like playing with it a little bit. Um but at the end of the day, there's just things that it's not that I don't like what if it's just that I like everything else a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was my 15. So uh, I already talked about my 17, 15. So now you tell us what is your 15, Kels? My 15 is Hawkeye. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's in my bottom seven. That's my 11. So it's like the oh. very top, very, very top. Of the wow. Here. That's right um, outside your top 10. Yeah. Um, so oh, you really in... like. Well, Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio. Well, not even. I think, honestly, he's one of the weaker parts. I like his performance, but I think Kingpin yeah. is one of the weakest parts. And I think that's where I don't right. like the series is when it kind of adds like two or three more elements at the end that don't really need to be there. Because you have so much going on. And I feel like this is almost mm -hmm. one of those shows where it could have been a 10 or 12 episode show because there's so much going on. What I, The reason I do like it is because I like Kate Bishop and I like Yelena. Like, I really do like them. And I think this is honestly the strongest character arc for Hawkeye himself as well. Um, I think he's definitely outacted and outshadowed by Haley Steinfeld, but Haley Steinfeld yeah. is so charismatic in that role that I have I've watched the show three times full all the way through, and like that's a time commitment to watch eighteen episodes. Um, but I genuinely do like her character so much, and I like Yelena so much that I yeah. love watching that series for that. I think structurally as a story, I think it gets way too cluttered at the end because you have Hawkeye, and then you have Echo, and then you have Yelena. It's like and you have Eleanor, you have like four villains, and then you have Jack, the decoy villain, and then you have all the tracksuit guys. I'm like, it's too much. Yeah. It's just way too much at the end. But I also think the Christmas vibe is great. I love the atmosphere. I love the style. So it's it's yeah. got so many highs and so many lows that like it kind of just meets in the middle for me. But I think it's got a little bit more positive than negative. So like I definitely like it more than you. But tell me, why did it come in at 15 for you, Kelsey? 
Well, it kind of really sits in the middle of the road for me, Dale. I gave Hawkeye on my on in my categories kind of straight threes just across the mm. board. It got a little more. It got a three point five for style, just because I do like the the Christmas aspect of it. It's right. great to rewatch, especially during this time of year, um, with the music and and the decorations and everything that's going on. Um, and since it was just so middle road for me, it therefore by default just came in in the bottom half of my list. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, and I will say that the show is called Hawkeye, and that's not even the character that you walk away being excited about sure. or really sure. caring all that much about. You unless, know what I mean? unless we in the future find out that Haley Steinfeld's character, Kate Bishop's name is going to be just Hawkeye, then I think it works a little bit better because it's like, oh, okay. we're watching the origin of her rather than his send off. Um, so that's my hope is that we can look back at it and be like, no, she's Hawkeye. We're watching her story, not his. Um, but I right. agree. I think, okay. I think he's definitely overshadowed by her. Um, but he's still good. And I think that third episode, the one with the big car chase, the one take, yeah. I think that is possibly my favorite episode of all of these, except for two. Um, when we get to the two episodes I like more, I'll talk about them because um, they're both in my top six. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think Hawkeye episode three is like top three episodes behind the two I mentioned. Um, all right. 14, you said was Miss Marvel for you. I have a feeling we're going to punt this up to our top 10 after I say my 14. Uh, but I've said okay. my issues many times on here about it and I hate to do it but I'm putting Black Widow at 14. Okay. Um, is that in your top 10? That is it definitely in my top okay. 10. Okay, I figured. Um, that's okay. Uh, what is your That hurts 13? my soul. I know, I know. We've talked about it though, Kels, and you, we, we know. Um, we knew this was coming. <laughs> yeah, um, Kels, I know, I your, know. What is your 13? It moved up if it helps. Um, where I would have originally, you know. Um, Thank 13, you. what's your 13? 13 would be for me the guardians holiday special that is in my top 10 kels all righty all right um this is gonna <laughs> so we'll be save a it for later fun, this is gonna be a fun episode um all right cool so uh my number 13 i don't know if this is in your top 10 or not because you've said you liked it more than you did the first time you saw it i have dr strange in the multiverse of madness at 13 that's in my top 10 all right, moving right along. <laughs> Kels, what is your number 12? My number 12 is She-Hulk. That is my number 12. Let's talk about it. Oh, Kels. wow. Yeah, Amazing. Nice job. Tell us about She-Hulk, Kels. So, Dill, earlier when I said there were two things that were higher up on my list and I feel like the rest of the fandoms list um, because of the performances that were given during the, yeah. uh, during these projects, uh, this was the other one I was talking about with She-Hulk. Tatiana Maslany absolutely crushed it during this. I loved mm-hmm. uh, the comedic aspect, the breaking the fourth wall um, style and... Really, style and am I excited about what's coming next were the highest rated categories for this project mm. for me, just because I am really excited about, you know, what this what Jennifer Walters is going to do. I'm so excited to see more of Tatiana Maslany just interact with the rest of the MCU. Um, I'm excited for, to what her relationship of, evolves into with Daredevil. Um, it's those two were pretty much the highest scores and then literally every other category villain action to story ratio and did it stick the landing were 
not great scores yeah, at all. It's, it's not that well written. I honestly don't like the style. I think <coughs> she doesn't look great all the time. I think the visual effects are very glaringly bad here. And I also don't love the humor all the time. But what I do appreciate is that I like how it does kind of have like a nonchalantness to it of like, this is just regular life for superheroes. This is a lawyer who deals with annoying men in her life and has relationships. She's just a normal person. She just also happens to be She-Hulk. And I kind of like yeah. that, that it doesn't yeah. have the huge stakes. It's kind of like Ant-Man in that sense where it like feels smaller in scale. I think the difference is that this is a series that plays out like a sitcom, whereas like Ant-Man is a movie like sandwiched between Age of Ultron and Civil War. So I honestly think this is even more successful than Ant-Man because it like has its own identity. It, it feels like its own separate thing. But I think sure. the detriment to that is that it does feel a little bit like an outlier to the rest of the MCU. But again, like I do love the character so much. I love the just the use of the feminist themes. And I like how it just is what it is. It, it is that and it embraces that. It has that fun fourth wall break, which I kind of like. Um, I do think the dill the villains suck. I almost said the villains. Uh, the villains suck, but but again, like the overall or overarching villain of man in general, I think is strong. Just the yeah. adversity she faces every day. I think it's one of those shows that is sloppy and messy, but I think still gets what it needs to get across well. Um, and I think the only reason people dock it is because a they're not they're a little tone deaf to the uh, what what you would call it the, the messaging, or yeah they are just seeing it in the lens of the MCU of, well, it's gotta be MCU. This feels so small in comparison, but it's like, yeah, some things are just like that. Um, you know, it's, I don't mind the fact that it's smaller scale. I think it works for this. I honestly think that the show would have been more successful if they just eliminated the two quote unquote villains, Todd Phelps and, uh, Titania. I think that if they were just completely removed from the storyline, it, could have been a much better show. And if every single episode she was kind of facing just a new demon in her life, that was, yeah. you know, something about her being a woman who's a lawyer, a woman who's now also a Hulk, you know, right. something <clears throat> along those lines. I think that the show would have been much more effective. Yeah. yeah. I just like the idea of like lawyers for superheroes. Cause obviously yeah. there's so much stuff that happens as a result of all this chaos all the superhero-ness that's great but it's also like there's a lot of detriments like we see it with falcon and the winter soldier too like the fact that people lost their homes and then when the blip came back it was overpopulated because everything had been settled into after five years and i i like the conversations of like the real life shit that this would happen uh, that would happen because of this i think it's one of the strengths of homecoming is is the stuff with michael keaton's character where it's like no like they ruined new york city like this this fucked up my life and and i like yeah. that i like the the real life detriments and all that stuff so i think the having sure. a lawyer series is kind of interesting um and not one that's like daredevil where it's like but do we get we get much more superhero stuff than we get law, law stuff whereas here as i think we get a lot of good lawyer stuff it's a lot of fun um all right my number 11 is hawkeye as i said what is your number 11 Kelsey? my number 11 is loki Okay, and Loki season one, obviously, because it's halfway done. Um, that is in my top 10, obviously, because it's not my 11. Um, all right, so now we're moving <laughs> on to our top 10s. If it's in your top five, we will save it for later now. All right, so if it's in your top five, we'll save it for okay. later. Um, what is your number 10? My number 10 is Spider-Man No Way Home. All right, that is in my top five, so we're going to save that. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
why are you why, why, and i can't read your reaction i just this um, is like i feel like the first ranking i mean we haven't done a ranking in a really long time besides the villains one but we just keep pushing everything until later 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 yeah i know it's just funny um, well we all have different tastes it's fine um my number 10 is fat w's falcon and the winter soldier uh that's my number eight so we can all talk right, about cool. that so now talk about it now um tell us about fat w's Kels. <laughs> You said fat W's, and now I understand why. Because on um, my sheet, I'm writing F-A-T-W-S because I don't have the time to write it all out. No, I understand. W's. I did the same thing on my phone, but to mm-hmm. hear it said that way, I, I would have yeah. never. Big fat funny. wins. Big wins. Um, <laughs> fat, fat W's. Tell us about it. And Kelsey. that's what, what I think this show was still. Yes, a big, big fat W. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, I've spoken highly about this show ever since that it came out, like, nearly a year ago now um i've just always had such uh this this show holds such like a soft spot in my heart just because i i love these two characters i love bucky i think bucky's like he's i think bucky has turned into like one of my favorite characters in the mcu um i love sam wilson's growth in to captain america during this show um the only thing that kind of uh, pushed it back lower in my top 10 was just because stylistically it feels very um, formulaic. It feels mm. like something we've already seen before in the MCU. Um, it's it's pretty standard. It's pretty, um, you know, uh, common. Here, let me pull up what I actually gave it. Yeah. Um, but what I thought, what, what my highest scores were for when it came to this show was the action to story ratio because I thought that they hint, juggled this beautifully. Um yeah. I'm so excited to see Sam Wilson as Captain America. I'm so excited to see, you know, New World Order and the mantle that is going to be his. Um, And for sticking the landing, I said absolutely this show stuck the landing. Just that entire monologue in the last episode that Sam gives about them all coming together and finally having like a common thing that they can all now have empathy for one another, that they can all, you know, have more perspective for one another and they can all you know be joining forces now to help each other out regardless of what you identify as or look like i just thought that that speech was so so powerful and it just filled me with such joy and it just made me so happy and i just thought the writing of this show was brilliant shout out to uh, malcolm spellman who created the show it just it just absolutely blew my mind i thought i thought it was great yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I love the themes of race. I love the idea that like Endgame put us on that high of, oh, Sam's going to be the new cap. Sam's going to be the new cap. And then this series ends and he's given back the shield. And a lot of people didn't like that, but I like that because it's like you can't live in someone else's shoes. You don't know what it's like to be handed such a monumental mantelpiece. I mean, there were so many people after Endgame who were saying, oh, Black Captain America, what, what? And I think this show is to address that. Like, that's yeah. how Sam's feeling. Sam knows that people are going to be against it. So when he gets the shield, he feels like almost like it's a tar- bigger target on his back. It's like he's going to welcome more racism because people are just going to be judging him, comparing him to Steve. And I think what the show did well is it started in that place. It said, no, like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the shield. I don't want it. And then as the show went on, we as an audience got to learn alongside Sam what it means to be Captain America and that Sam is the perfect fit for it. 
and Sam himself can be comfortable taking up the mantle. I think it's a great arc. I think what doesn't mm-hmm. work as well is all the stuff that was changed for COVID stuff, like all the vaccine stuff that they changed. With sure. The, uh, Carly Morgenthau, I think that stuff was a little weaker. Um, I like Zemo, but again, like it's one of those cases where Hawkeye, where I feel like it's a little cluttered at times with all the characters. Um, and I do find Sam's storyline a lot more interesting than Bucky's personally. Um, yeah. But sure. I think what it does well, it does so well. And I like the action. I like how it kind of goes back to the uh, Winter Soldier route. Because, like, since Winter Soldier, I mean, maybe Civil War we got it. But, like, most of the action has been, like, this huge battle, like, galactic, like, Endgame, Infinity War. It's, like, nice to kind of get back to the roots of just, like shaky cam and quick cuts and all that which yeah. sometimes drive me crazy i know i've said a lot of the times i don't like that but it was refreshing coming off of so much big bombastic action yeah um, so i definitely like it's it. good to get back to nice good old hand-to-hand yeah. combat yeah so that was my number 10 and your number eight what is your number nine kels my number nine is dr strange in the multiverse of madness all right that was my 13 so let's talk about it now i had it a little lower only because I think what WandaVision set up didn't fully feel justified in where Doctor Strange went. I would have liked a little okay. bit more of seeing the darkness brew, or I would have liked WandaVision to be a little less forgiving of Wanda at the end to where we see that she hasn't learned. So then she can be a full-fledged villain here. I think the difference is that sure. WandaVision, WandaVision came first. So I'm not going to fault WandaVision. I'm going to fault this yeah. one. I think yeah. you know that's just how it works. It's like WandaVision came first. So I have to go off of what that did. Um, and you know, WandaVision shouldn't change for this movie. It should be the other way around. Um, that being said, though, I think the style is really good. I love what Raimi brought to it. I love the darkness. I love the campiness. I love the, all the zombie shit with the reanimated corpse. Like that's so Raimi. I love it. Um, the performances are. But Doctor Strange is the most uninteresting character in that cast, which also hurts it. I think America yeah. Chavez is a more interesting character. I think Wanda is a more interesting character. I think yeah. um, even the stuff with Christine is very interesting, how she's dealt with the snap and all that. Um, so it's a big mixed bag for me. I don't love it, but I think as I watch it every time, I grow in more appreciation for it because of the things that I like. They really do hit it out of the park with the style. So. Um, and the horror too i wish it was almost a little bit more horror but i still like that it tried um yeah yeah dill i agree uh that was one of my that's one of the reasons why i docked it a little bit for style um was because i wish that they pushed the horror envelope a little further as well i i wish that when it came to the mcu i feel like we kind of have been dipping our toe in different genres for so long that I'm kind of getting sick and tired of us like half-assing things. I wish that we mm. would just 100% fully commit to something. And I think that something later on that neither one of us has mentioned yet. So I'm assuming that it's high does some, does really successful because they yeah. fully 100% commit to a certain genre and aesthetic. Uh, but we'll get there when we get there. Mm. Um, uh, again, like 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 you said about Doctor Strange just now, and what I said about uh, Hawkeye earlier, is that you walk away from this movie, and yes, I'm excited about what what's coming next, but not necessarily about Stephen Strange. I'm not necessarily right. excited for w- what he has to do now that he's going off and doing something with uh, yeah. Char- Charlize Theron. Um, I'm excited about America Chavez. I, I'm I'm you know, confused about what's going on with Wanda. I mean, I'm assuming she's not dead because I don't think that that would be a nice send off for her just getting crushed mm. by a, a, a temp, a temple. Um, I'm, you know, so I, I want to see what they have to, they do with her next, but I feel like Wanda has almost already gone through like a full arc. I, I don't know where we take Wanda, mm. uh, going forward at this point. Um, other than 
my big question since WandaVision has been, where did that white vision go? He just flew off into the sunset. I totally well, thought he was going to come into this movie and he didn't. Yeah, I mean, some people are saying they saw him in the Guardians 3 trailer. I didn't, but some people are saying he was there. Um, Interesting. I'll yeah. have to rewatch um, that. Yeah, I agree with that. And again, like I, I want to reiterate, I understand the, the path of Wanda's character. It's just coming off of WandaVision. It was too much of a 182 fast. Um, sure. Anyway. Uh, number nine is kind of the one you just alluded to and the only reason it's low is because i haven't seen it a bunch yet is werewolf by night oh that's in my top, top five. five okay cool cool i figured um my number eight then because yours is fat w's my number mm -hmm. eight also because i've only seen it once and i can't really judge it is black panther wakanda forever interesting that's in my top five okay all right i'm <laughs> gonna just go on with my seven then see if you have it here is this on your top okay. five shang chi and the legend of the ten rings yeah that's in my top five great what's your number wow seven? <laughs> my number seven is black widow okay all right so not too much higher okay you made it sound like that was your number one when i said it was my 14 i literally only had it seven spots lower um <laughs> tell us okay, about black widow what do you love about black widow Oh, Jill, you know what I love about I Black know, Widow. I, know, I, know. I love, I love that this is just like a woman-led uh, project and story. I love the obviously everyone loves Yelena in this story. I think that this is a great, you know, way to even though this isn't what Nat does last. Uh, like chronologically in the MCU, but this is a great, I feel like last send off for Nat because, you know, she takes down her biggest demon at the end of the day, which was Drake off who raised her in the red room. Um, I think that the fighting style, again, this is where we get back to, you know, good old, good old fashioned hand-to-hand -hand combat. It brings us back down to earth. And I just think that she is such a unique fighting style that I could just genuinely watch it all day long. Um, here, let me see what I gave actual numbers for. Um, yeah, uh, I docked a little bit for villain because, you know, Dragoff wasn't that high in my villain's ranking. I thought that it had great action to story ratio. Um, I'm excited about what's coming next only because I'm I'm excited for Yelena and Yelena's journey now throughout the mm -hmm. MCU. And I really do think that this that this project really stuck the landing. And yeah. and yeah. I yeah, I just loved yeah. it. <laughs> I I think my qualms with it, my one big one is that the way they released it, doing it after Endgame, it loses so much of the weight because it's like, yeah, it's great to see, but it's like we know she's gonna go, you know, like we know she doesn't live, and it's sure. like and it's kind of bittersweet that way. It's like I would have loved for this to come out right before Endgame or like right before Infinity War, like give us some some of that. Then I think this would have been top five. Um, yeah. I also the visuals in the third act just for me completely lose me. This is where I first started to notice that the visual effects department was the visual effects were a little bit more visual defects you know like it right was just, sure it, it, the the scenes where they're flying around the air it's like black widow is the one hero who doesn't need to be up in the air for her final fight like have her do something grounded like her just flying through the air and jumping from shrapnel like i was like i don't i don't like sure that. um but yelena's so good i think the characters and the actors here are the highlight for me um and i do like the feminist messaging it's just i i don't think drake is a good villain i don't think the taskmaster is that good like i think the villains are weak it's kind of what you said for she hulk like you take those sure. villains out of it i might like it even more um I, yeah I, I don't know i i think the acting and the characters are why i would come back to it but if 
if I watch through the MCU, I might try to watch this before Infinity War and maybe see if that if I like it more then. Uh, because I think just having this be the first big movie for Phase Four, it's like welcome back to the theaters. Here's the character you know doesn't survive five years after this, so it's like ah, sure. Um, and you know that's just the way the MCU is. You know, it's a fault of the studio that they didn't want to greenlight this earlier. It's like they didn't have faith yeah. that the Black Widow movie would work, and it did. I, I think it's still good, um, but it's just not my favorite um but you know that we've talked about it and i, mm-hmm. I hope I, you still forgive me um so i do i do i, I, I just hope seven. that like the uproar and you know the complaints people have had about this project inspires the you know um the creators behind the mcu cough cough kevin feige to yep. push these projects when they're necessary and yep. not when they feel like an audience is ready for them. Because obviously sure. back dur- before Infinity War, Civil War, we were ready for a Black Widow movie then. And oh, yeah. we got it, you know, t- it was almost like too little too late. Exactly. That's my big complaint about it. Um, number six, I have Mr. Stephen Grant mocks back to Moon Knight is my number six. Where do you have that? So Moon Knight is my number five. Okay, we can talk about it now then because... Uh, you're number six. That means it's in my top five. So um, I, I assume, right? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. So, yeah we'll, we'll talk about Moon Knight now. Um, I really like Moon Knight. I think that's another example of the pilot was so strong that like the next few episodes after that, I was waiting for it to kind of capture that magic of the pilot. But the difference between this and Miss Marvel is that it stuck the landing so well, I thought. Like I love mm. this ex- exploration into his backstory you didn't get it at the top because the audience, they made it so that you could kind of experience the confusion with him. And then, you know, at the end, then reveal the answers. And I love that, how we're kept guessing. We have to figure yeah. it out ourselves. Um, we find out all this stuff when Steven's finding it out. I love that so, so, so much. I think the visuals, again, a little muddy. I don't love the big, like, monsters. It, it kind of clashed with the tone, but... I like the idea of having big monsters in the MCU. I, I think that's another strength of Shang-Chi, which we'll talk about too. Uh, I like the kind of mythological fantasy elements that they're bringing into these movies and shows. Um, I honestly would have liked, would have liked this maybe to just be a movie because I think it would have worked even better on the big screen. I love this yeah. character so much though. And Oscar Isaac is definitively my number one performance in the MCU period. I have decided nice. uh, Michael B. Jordan is now number two because I think rewatching <laughs> wow. some from this oscar isaac is definitively my favorite performance in the MCU. dethroned so, mikey yeah. b mikey b um it's number six though <laughs> only because like the top five i think have stronger elements in, as a whole uh, but moon knight the stuff that is strong is so strong so it had to be in my top six um tell me why is it in your top five kelsey <laughs> I loved Moon Knight so much, Dill. I loved the style. Uh, at, like you said, Oscar Isaac was just so, so brilliant during this role. I it, During this role, in this role, you know, <laughs> I was pushing for him mm. to be, he got nominated for an Emmy for another uh, miniseries mm. that he did, but I was really hoping that he'd be nominated for this just because right. I thought he was so, so brilliant. Um, right. It's interesting that you say that this show really stuck the landing for you because that was one of the, times where I docked it a little Dills only because during that last episode where he decides to go back for Steven instead of continuing on as Mark without him I thought that it would have been more beneficial for 
the character to kind of have an arc where he kind of finds himself where he no longer needs Steven, where he can right. kind of, yeah. you know, be without him and, you know, just be just Mark and kind of mm. just go on being him. Although as much as we love Steven, I love Steven, you know, yeah. guys know and how I much think that's I why Steven. I'm, I think that's why I'm more forgiving of that last episode. Cause as okay. I'm with you, I'm like, Oh, but they had this such a powerful moment. But then I was like, no, but I feel like it would be incomplete with this character without Steven. And and this opens up avenues mm. for this character to do a lot more now having sure. three personalities rather than two. Yeah. Sure. That's true. And and so I guess that's kind of why I forgive it a little as well, because then I remember during like the last fighting sequence, they were like seamlessly switching back and forth between one another and, you know, adding in their own you know, uh, advantages as Steven and then as Mark while they were right. fighting and, and doing all that. And plus the fighting, Oscar Isaac, such a badass. Mark Spector is like such a badass. Like he's, Mark Spector is like nearly an anti-hero, I would say. And Jake Lockley is definitely a villain. And then Steven is definitely a hero. Yeah. So I just love the multifacetedness mm. of this character. And I'm yep. just... So, so excited to see what happens next for uh, yeah. uh, for him. Yep. What's uh, your, your number six? I'm assuming it's in my top five because we haven't mentioned it yet. My number six, this is going to shock you as much as as much as it shocked me, Dill, is WandaVision. That is in my top five. Um, it, it does I figured me, it would actually, be. Yeah. Um, because as yeah. most people know, when we ranked all the projects of last year, that was our combined number one. So yeah. I, I'm interested to hear that uh, after we talk about more movies um, and this is going to surprise most people because a lot of people put this as their number one of phase four, but Kelsey put it at her number 10. Yeah. This is my number five. It is Spider-Man no way home. Um, it's right at the bottom of the top five, but okay. I, I think I, I come from it from a place of nostalgia. So obviously I think I'm, I was always going to like this movie a little more than you, but sure. I also think the qualms I have with it are so big in the fact that they gave away all the villains in the marketing. And I know the big, reveal was going to be the three spider-men together that was going to be mm. the big reveal but because you revealed that doc ock green goblin electro sandman lizard were all in it everyone kind of assumed then oh maybe the other spider-men will show up it's like you already kind of spoiled your big reveal by revealing your other reveal i think if you just kept it dark and not said that any of those villains were in it it would have been the biggest like draw-dropping moment of all time not to say that the theater experience wasn't great. This theater experience was still awesome regardless, but I feel mm. like a lot of its surprises were kind of spoiled ahead of time, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally. That being said, I think what it gets right, it gets really right, and that's in Spider-Man's arc, in, in to uh, sorry, Tom's arc, in the fact that mm. he is this you know friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but he's never really been able to be that because he's been dealing with such colossal shit that when death happens and it happens to be the closest person in his life he loses himself and he wants vengeance he wants to kill and he has to learn that it's not about killing it's about saving and i like that because so many superhero movies i feel like go down the route of oh we just got to kill 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 you know so much so that in endgame essentially uh, iron man he's saving the world but at the same time he's snapping he's still killing half all of Thanos' army. He's mm -hmm. basically becoming an, a weapon of mass destruction when the whole point of Iron Man's arc is that he wasn't, like, that he was against mm. that. Um, and yeah. then he ends up being himself a weapon of mass destruction instead of just snapping his fingers and maybe ma turning them all nice or something else. Um, sure. So I like the argument of Spider-Man standing for being a hero doesn't mean you have to kill. It can be that you save, you know, and change rather than killing. I love that message. The reason I have it lower at five, though, 
watching it at home takes away a lot of the oomph in the fact that yeah, when sure. those Spider-Men come through the portals, it's exciting, but there are timed pauses for applause in the movie that when mm. you're watching at home, it's like, why is Andrew Garfield just standing? Mm. What? Sure. Well, yeah. He has like two or three seconds. It's like, what is it? What? what? It's so awkward <laughs> when you're not watching with a crowd. And I get that. Like these movies are made for theaters. Yes. But I think if you're going to tell me that Avatar doesn't play as well at home than in theaters, then I'm going to come right back and say, well, at least Avatar doesn't have planned applause breaks throughout. Like this movie has moments where the, the crowd is supposed to applaud and that's fine. I mean, a lot of movies, as I said, are, are designed to be theatrically seen with big crowds, but it does hurt a little bit on seeing these moments. And, and I do think that third act made a little more light. It was a little bit more of that gray aesthetic. And, and I think having mm. just sand, just consuming every frame doesn't help either. Uh, big, massive sand. But again, I have enough to miss out <laughs> for that. Like seeing Toby, Andrew, and Tom together was so exciting. And I do love what it has to say about heroism. And I love the ending. It's such a bittersweet ending. It's such an amazingly powerful ending where he goes and sees MJ and doesn't reveal himself. He just kind of says, like, good luck, have a nice day, and leaves and then makes his own suit. Like, I think that's a really bold ending. So I, I think what it does right outweighs what it does wrong. Even though what it does wrong, I think, prevents it from being what many others would say is the best MCU thing ever. So, yeah. Yeah, Dill. You're... <coughs> Excuse me. I'm having okay. a... No, you're... <coughs> Are you okay? You're good? Okay. Kelsey's getting over the flu, y'all. You gotta give her a sec. Um, the fact that she's here talking for at least 45 minutes is big. Um, and we still got a few more movies to talk about. So so good, good hanging in there, Kelsey. She's still going. It's fine. Um, you good? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. No, don't, don't, don't You're worry. obviously, <coughs> excuse me, yeah. very passionate about this movie. Um, um, yeah. You know, Dill, at the end of the day, I walked away from Spider-Man No Way Home the first time we saw it, you know, a little disappointed because everything that the fandom kind of called happened in the movie. And I like when these movies surprise us. Um, but upon rewatch, I totally understand Um you losing part of like the atmosphere and the aesthetic of watching it at home then versus in the theater. I was just happy that I heard all of the lines when I watched this movie again at home. True. Um, <coughs> Cause we did miss a bunch. Mm. Um, but I will say what I do appreciate about this movie and about Tom's movies in particular is that this is kind of really the most mature movie that we get of his um mm. compared to homecoming where his whole you know um obstacle is who, who is he gonna take to homecoming kind of thing uh to now where it's like so much is at stake for him we lose aunt may um all these villains come into play where this movie gets the highest ranking for me is when it stuck the landing and when you mm. actually feel the shift in Tom Holland's Peter Parker. And when he decides to, you know what, cast the spell, make them all forget who I yeah. am. And then even when he goes to go back for Ned and MJ, and he still decides, you know what, they're better off not knowing who I am because they're mm -hmm. safer and they're probably going to be, uh, <coughs> excuse me, happier uh, not knowing who I am. And then, Am I excited about what's coming next? 
huge question mark for me because we don't even know if anything is coming next for yeah. Tom Holland's Peter Parker. I mean, I would hate for this to be his send off, um, yeah, even though it's a good one. It was a good movie. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm just who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. It's a big question mark for me. Um, my number four is, is your seven, and that is Loki season one. Um, I have it really high. I, I was a big fan of Loki. I think this one was the most consistent of any of the shows. And the fact that every single week, I, I'm assuming you can still hear me, so I'll keep talking. But every single week, I was invested in the story. Yep, you can hear me good. Um, but like every single week, there was so much more intrigue made, but also so much catharsis for what was set up before. Their questions and answers ratio was really good of like, what is going on? But like, oh my God, that's good. what's going on. Like the reveals felt worthwhile. I think the only thing I could talk for is like sticking the landing because it was planned to be one big season. And then they decided midway through to split it into season one and season two. So it does feel a little incomplete, but I like the incompleteness and the fact that the cliffhanger is genuinely I'm like, what is going to go on? And I have been on the record for saying, I didn't really understand the Loki hype until this show. This show is what sold me on the Loki hype. It wasn't Ragnarok. It wasn't dark world. It wasn't Avengers. This is the one that's Loki hype to where I was genuinely, about this character i liked his relationship with sylvia i liked his relationship with mobius i'm also not a huge owen wilson fan this show sold me on owen wilson so i think this show did a lot of good for my perceptions of and owen wilson <laughs> so I, I give it credit for that it gave me my favorite phase four character being miss minutes um it gave us a great tv theme it had great style i love the direction um the more i'm talking about it the more i almost want to bump it up on my list i'll keep it at four just because that's where i originally set it but the more i talk about it the more i just adore this show i think it's one of the most bold ambitious but also still easy to follow even though it's a little convoluted stories that they've done which is really mm. so uh loki season one i'm a big fan i'm excited to see what happens next uh kels why is it outside of your top 10 so it sits right outside my top 10 at number 11 just because at the end of the day, Dill, I was thinking about who the villain is of the show. And the fact that I really couldn't even pin it down mm. bothers me a little bit. <laughs> because at least with the other shows, they have poor attempts at villains. This one, I'm not even sure. Like, is it the TVA? Is mm. it Sylvie? I guess it's Sylvie. She kind of really takes the most antagonistic turn at the end of the day by killing Kang and then, you know, turning on Loki at the last second and, you know, doing that fake out kiss on us, mm. breaking Loki and my heart in the process. <laughs> um, or is, or you, we, we, for this show, we did a uh, Ravona Renslayer, but even then, mm. like she's, she's pretty, she's a pretty weak, pathetic villain too, because she just kind of is just doing what her told. She's a, you know, like a capitalist pawn, basically, for the TVA. Um, the Where it ranks higher for me is I'll, I'm excited about what's coming next, and I think that's kind of how I feel about the show, about how you feel about some projects kind of just feeling like this is setting up for this thing. That's how I kind of feel about this season one. Yeah. And I get it. We were supposed to get season one and two together, and then maybe it would have been more successful of a series. But I'm... I just have so many questions about this multiverse, about what they're going to do, about all these branches splitting. I'm just so excited for Loki season two and how that's going to set up, you know, the next phase basically of this, of the MCU, because yeah. it feels like Loki really is um, kind of at the core of what's going to happen next. Right. Kind cool. of thing. 
yeah, I agree. But there um, were so, but there were things that I liked about it as well, like the performances. I think that Loki and Mobius is like the best friendship of the did MCU. Did I say Morbius by accident? Did I say Morbius by accident? No, just you now? said Mobius, but then I'm realizing I'm like, wait, did I say Morbius? Anyway, Morbius. I is didn't our hear you one, say so Morbius. We're not gonna talk about it now. Yeah, no, Morbius is our uh, number one. So we're gonna save it for later. <laughs> yeah, um, you wish Morbius. Uh, but I think that th- their friendship is beautiful. I think that the music was so so cool um for loki and and the aesthetic and and everything but yeah there were just other things that that i just liked a little bit more cool so it's Um, at my it's my number 11 that's fine uh my number four was that what is your number four kels my number four is eternals all right, that's my number three. Let's talk about it now. Tell wow. Us, tell us about Eternals. Oh, people are going to be so bad. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. Tell us, why is it in your top four? It's probably the same reasons as in mine. I loved Eternals, Jill. Um, for style, I think this is one of the rare times that I gave something a perfect five out of five. I just love the aesthetic and the cinematography and just the beauty um of this film i love the yeah. costuming gorgeously shot i loved all of the eternals it, it just like everything was just so aesthetically perfect like it just all fell in line um i loved how they shot things on location and not they used you know green screens very minimally mm-hmm. in this film and it showed and i think it it you know definitely paid off for them um villain it was a little bit lower it was a 3.5 action to story ratio it was like a 3.5 there wasn't like too much action but it's not like i was really missing it you know it was more no. about them using their own individual powers and not all of their powers are are for fighting some of their powers are for inventing things like fastos or or druid is is mind control so it's not all super violent aggressive powers right. it's just like you know these really interesting um characters and i'm just so excited about what's happening next for these characters um i'm not necessarily excited for the introduction of uh harry styles i was Um, until we realized that he can't lead a film i was fine with him because i was like oh he's like and uh, i'm kind of i'm sorry um (laughs) but no i mean he's a great showman his shows are amazing his yeah he is the biggest star right now him and taylor swift Mm -hmm. so it's like i i am like totally on board with him being in stuff it's just not leading stuff so i hope he's still a supporting actor because i think he has the chops to entertain and to have a good charisma it's just mm-hmm. as we saw from don't worry darling and my policeman it's like he's not a leading man um, well hopefully maybe eros is kind of more of a bigger larger than life kind of character that's more yeah. similar to who yeah. he is as a person because i feel right. like you know the care his jack and don't worry darling and i i haven't seen my policeman yet but i'm oh. assuming it's definitely more low-key of a mm. person yeah so no. maybe eros will be a better fit maybe. for him um i what i love about eternals is that more than any other thing except for maybe werewolf by night and moon night this feels like its own thing it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like a marvel thing and i like that it's refreshing i think when it tries to be a marvel thing the reason i have it a number three is because when it tries to be a marvel thing it doesn't work as well like when it tries to force in some humor i think some of the humor is actually good but i think there are like maybe two or three moments where i'm like ah that's like that's kind of a lame joke you didn't need that but what mm-hmm. i do appreciate is that 
even though we don't get to go into each of these characters backstories in depth i think you know we can still understand the relationships because the actors pull it off we, we understand that this is a sort of family and the betrayals even though we haven't known these characters for a while still hit like we still feel betrayed because these characters and these actors are portraying the betrayals so well I think each member, this is the case where there's no real weak link to where I think everyone is unique in their own way. Sprite annoys me, but she fulfills that point of like that annoying girl so well, who's like kind of the Tinkerbell. She's in love with Peter Pan, but Peter Pan loves Wendy and she's, but then it makes Mm -hmm. so much sense. When you see her arc, it, it, it brought a tear to my eye. The fact that this annoying character that I couldn't stand is the one that makes me cry at the end because she gets mm. to finally go to school and she's like, I'm finally getting to live as a person. I'm like, I get emotional. It's like, I haven't known you for more than two hours and I'm getting emotional over your stories. So I think that's the power of this movie. And I think Chloe Zhao just knows empathy. She understands to, you know, con- convey such em- em- empathetic and like really real honest people and and i love the settings i love the kind of scaled back more rural aesthetic um i i really like it i i think it's really interestingly lit too i love the kind of like pseudo moonlight kind of dimly lit forest sequences Mm. but because of the deviance and the the colors kind of glowing off of them you can still see everything i think the use of light is so interesting in this film i think when it is trying to just be a film and not an Avengers film, it is pretty much my favorite thing on this list. Like, I really do like it. Um, yeah. So it's my number three, but because of some some little moments here and there. But I, I love this. I, I understand why people don't like it because it is so different. They want more of the MCU, like, humor and action and stuff. They don't want something a little more psychological and um, philosophical and kind of, uh, you know, to deal with gods and time and ancient, you know, civilizations and all that. Like, it, it's very heady. But I just as the type of moviegoer I am, I'm into that shit. Um, you know, yeah. Terrence Malick and the uh, you know Chloe Zhao herself, like all of her other works, and you know, just kind of this more cerebral feeling. Uh, I really love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so that's my number three. What is your number three, Kels? My number three is Werewolf by Night. Ooh, pretty high, Kels. I love it. Um, yeah, this was my number nine. I. I kind of said it earlier just because I need more time with it to like sit with it and enjoy it. And um, and because it is such an outlier, I'm like less inclined to watch it, but I still enjoy it for what it was. I think it does sure. what it is setting out to do really well. I almost wish it was a little grittier in its aesthetic as it still feels Disney fine. The fact that they don't go hundred percent of the way into the gore factor. I would have loved to see what this would have been like if they gave it the full R rated budget. Um, but I, I like it. It's a nice surprise. It's a nice fun Halloween treat. It's quick. It's in and out. These specials, they, they, you know, they leave while they're ahead. You know, they 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 don't overstay their welcome, which I like. Yeah. Yeah, Dill, it's it's really high for me just because I feel like this was out of I mean, I feel like it's recency bias has a lot to do with why it's it's really mm. high, but I feel like out of everything that I watched from phase four, this one really like left me with just like such like it it constantly kept me guessing you know there wasn't a ton of promotion behind it we didn't get like a huge lengthy trailer revealing too much about it and I feel like that played so well into its favor because I was constantly guessing during it I really didn't know much of the backstory behind all the characters and you didn't need to you got all the information you needed to know in in the 40 minutes that it happened I thought it told a beautiful story about these hunt these monster hunters and this monster and this ain't like this family relic the bloodstone and you know this kind of like 
animosity between these family members, between, you know, Elsa and her family and, and all that stuff. And I just, it really left me, oh, like I walked away from watching Werewolf by Night feeling like I felt, it really left me feeling with like the magic of like when I walked away when I watched like Infinity War or Endgame. Mm. Like it really like, it, it just felt like, you know, it brought it brought out like all all the excitement out of why yeah. I love these projects and why I love the MCU so much. That's what it like made me relive, you know. And I've been kind of missing that throughout this um, phase. But Werewolf oh, yeah. by Night saved it for me. <laughs> yeah, um, very cool. Yeah, uh, where I'm was it cool. on your list? Number nine. So it's it's top ten. Okay, so I, still I like in your top ten. Yeah, gotcha. and my, my number eight is in your top two as well for the same reasons of I just haven't seen it a lot enough to like really soak it sure. in. Sure. <laughs> as we'll talk about it now, right? What's your number two? Black Panther will come yeah. forever. Okay, that's the one I was alluding to. It's my number eight, just because I need to see it more. Uh, I've only seen it once, so I, I really don't know where I stand with it completely. I think it's an amazing tribute. But I also think because it has to be a tribute, some of the other stuff gets lost. I think the Martin Freeman stuff is just so useless. But mm. again, like this is a tough task. And the fact that he was able to stick the landing at all is really impressive. And I love Shuri's yeah. arc. I love Okoye's arc. I love yeah. uh, Nakia's arc. I love Ramonda in this movie. Like the performances and the characters are just so awesome in this. Um, Namor, too. It's such a good villain. Like I, I feel reach higher on my list every time i watch it it's just on first watch i still had a few reservations about it that i need to watch again to get cleared but kelsey have you only seen this once or did you go back to see it again no i've only seen it once but i was just left with such an impression after this film that it was really all that i could think about for the week leading on especially because other people started going out and seeing the film even people that i know don't frequent superhero movies that often and they were telling me about how much they enjoyed it and i just love that that's the kind of film that this can be for all audiences you know whether or not you because i feel like that's what black panther one was for a lot of audiences it got a lot of people out of the woodwork just because Mm -hmm. they wanted to see uh you know a complete project by people of color and i think that that's you know the strength and the power behind these films uh that ryan coogler's doing for the mcu and i just and i love that um so i think that this movie just like it takes you in another world and i just love that that the world building and the character building and and the culture and and all of that is just so so powerful and it does this film such such a service because it it takes you into a completely different world with completely new characters but it still feels like something connected to a 30 plus movie series you know what i mean and i and that's how I feel about Eternals as well, is that you're introduced to a totally new like traditions and cultures and characters, but it still feels like the MCU. And I love when they find this balance between the two. I love when things don't feel too similar or too close to home or something that we've seen before or something, you know, we haven't, uh, we haven't yet. We've yet to see something that's too out there. You know, I, I hardly doubt that the MCU would get any complaints for me if they really went far with a genre or anything specifically. Right. But I just thought that this was such a beautiful and touching film and it was so important and it was healing and it was cathartic and it was therapeutic and it was just, uh, if you need a good cry, 
go see Black Panther Wakanda That's forever and you'll just release every emotion, <laughs> grief, happiness, joy, sadness. It all comes out during this film. Mm. So yeah, I knew I it was going to be really high on my list. Amazing. Um, my number two is uh, your number six. It's WandaVision. It's the one that like I... I think it's high on my list because I remember the feeling watching it. And I remember just being so happy every week, kind of having that mystery mm. and, and then all the catharsis right. of her. She was my favorite character up to that point, her and Hulk. So seeing a whole series where we could dive into her backstory, her life and the use of the sitcom was so smart, like using it and going through the different times. Like if it was just that it would be exciting, but then they add all these layers on top of it. I think the only reason it's not my number one is because with time, with Multiverse of Madness, it's like she goes through this whole growth of finally accepting the fact that they're gone and kind of coming to terms with it at the end. And then the post credit scene is like, just kidding. Nope, she's going to find her kids in the dark hold. And then the next movie, she's a full-on villain. And I'm like, it's almost like they went forward and then they went back and then they went forward again and now they're going back again. It's like, I wish they found... Sure a better balance of building her arc to then satisfy itself fully in multiverse madness. But again, that I don't think is a fault of WandaVision. It's a fault of just the overall structure of the MCU in carrying out Wanda's arc. Cause I think in WandaVision itself, except for that post credit scene, her arc is incredible. And I think, um, when I talked about my top three episodes, my number three is the Hawkeye episode three. Uh, my number two is Moon Knight, the one where we go through his past. And my number one uh-huh. is previously on from WandaVision where we go into her mm. past and we kind of go through yeah. everything in her life and and the catharsis of, of that score and the style. Um, I just think it's also just so ex- exciting just because like this was early 2021. We've been in the pandemic. We hadn't had a Marvel thing since uh, Spider-Man Far From a Home. And then we're sitting there waiting and we finally get Marvel back and it's exciting and we're all talking about it for weeks and there's cliffhangers and Ralph Boner's there and I love that twist because it's like, oh, Evan Peters. And it's like, oh, that's a bait and switch. Um, I know you yeah. don't like that. Um, but like, <laughs> this one, just I remember the experience watching it and it's kind of like why I think a lot of people love No Way Home so much. It's like they remember the experience. They remember how they felt watching it. Um, and I think that's where I feel with WandaVision. It's like the one that brought me the most joy week to week. The one that I think utilized the actual structure of being a TV show best as well. That and She-Hulk, I think, really succeeded in using the episodic nature to actually make the story better than if it was a movie or if it was a long, a shorter miniseries. Mini I like the use of the sitcom structure. So I still love WandaVision. Yeah. I, I don't love it as much after Multiverse of Madness, but I still, I, I don't fault multiverse of madness or i fault multiverse of madness more than i fault this one for a one yeah sure um i love this still it's one of my favorites yeah dill i i totally get it still being like a lot of people's favorites i mean it's so so creative and and it was just awesome to watch every week it was what we started this podcast <clears throat> doing so it does hold yeah. a special place in my heart um but I'm kind of glad that it kind of got bumped down a little bit for me because if the first project of phase four still remained to be their best project, I think that would have said a lot about phase four. And I'm kind of glad that I ended up liking um, a lot of things um, Mm -hmm. better. That's kind of how I feel about phase two because Iron Man three is my favorite of phase two. So it's like Iron Man three is the first one. Then everything after that, it's like good, but not better. Right. Right. Cool. So Um, so I just realized I think I know what your number one is. Well, because we haven't talked about it yet. Tis the season, Kels. Oh it yeah, is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And here's the thing: wow, I fully intended going to this ranking. I was like, it's gonna make my top five. But when I was looking at everything, I'm like, this one is the perfect 
is perfect for what it is. Every other thing on this list I have a complaint about in some way or another. This one, I don't. I don't have a complaint. There was nothing that I saw in this that I was like, wow, I don't like that. It was just kind of the perfect thing for what it was. Is it going to be the most consequential in the MCU? No. But again, sure. I don't think that has to be when we're looking at just like the projects themselves. If we're looking at most influential, this is not going to be in the top five. But it's like this for me is the best blend of style. I think the style is really good. I think James Gunn has a good grasp of the cinematic language. I love the use of comedy. I think it's strong. I think the jokes land. I love the acting. I think this gets to show off Dave Bautista and Palm Clementif even more. I think Kevin Bacon's fully committed. I like the music. I love the fact that they they let star lord take a back seat because i find him annoying but even then when he has that moment where he's like looking around at all the lights i'm like oh that's kind of brings a you know a tear to my eye you know i'm like he's finally yeah. warming up on me um and i think that's also a strength i i just like it a lot it is the most recent and i know i just made the <laughs> argument that black panther and werewolf by night need more time for me but i think that's the difference is one immediately on first watch i was like oh that's one of my favorite things marvel has done whereas the other ones i'm like I have some reservations. I need to see that again here. I don't need to see it again to know that it's like my favorite wow. thing that I've seen in the last few years from them. Um, if this was any longer, it would have lost me. But I think because it's only like 45 minutes and it just gets in and out and it's just perfect length. I think that says a lot about how smart uh, decision making that James Gunn had when making this. And it just fills me with holiday cheer. I'm such a sucker for Christmas. And I think <laughs> Hawkeye, that's the reason I have Hawkeye higher than you is because of the Christmas stuff. And I think this is the same as well. I just, this Christmas stuff gets to me really, really a lot. Um, but this is your 13. So tell me like what, what, what prevents it from being top 10, let alone number one for you. And, and again, this is my list. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go against the norm. I, I want to make it. My yeah. list. I want to be honest to myself. And this is my favorite. For sure. Dale. I don't fault you for having this at number one at all. And, and I'm not surprised because when we talked about it, you told me how much you loved it. Um, for me, what it is, is that it's very funny. It's fun. It's sweet. It's, it's um, you know, very heartwarming. We find out that Mantis is Peter Quill's sister. And, you know, she just wants to do this uh, amazing thing for him. Um, the music is definitely a highlight out of this special. It's so, so fun that, that with the original song and, and all the music that James Gunn works into uh, the 45 minutes is, is awesome. I just think that they're every other uh most are what most stories in in uh, phase four i should say just have so much more deeper storytelling to them and so many more deeper messaging to them where where it comes to feminism or race or uh exploring a different culture or something like i just feel like um mess that is where it kind of lacks for me. Um, yes, I find it a lot of fun. It's definitely, it's got that rewatchability. Um, I love that it's about Drax and Mantis, that these two characters kind of get their rightful place in the spotlight. Um, but, you know, just other projects uh, just yep. meant more to me. What? And that's what it came down to. Um, but tell me about your number one, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That was my number yes. seven. Still pretty high. That's, um, <laughs> yeah. It's honestly, after it's up, it's not our combined number one, though. We'll talk about that when I count them off. But Shang-Chi, I mean, action, action's great. Characters are great. I, I yes. love it. It's just the third act. I've talked about my visual complaints about it. But I still like the fantasy elements. I like how it's like Pokemon. Uh, I like how yeah. it's like these big mythological beasts. I love that. It's just like yes. it's so gray and muddy. But otherwise, yeah, I think it's a great movie. I think it's awesome. Uh, but I want to hear you talk about it because it's your favorite. 
Absolutely. Um, I was kind of shocked when it came down to it and Shang-Chi uh, turned out to be my number one. On paper and when I did my close ranks where I rearrange everything, um, it still ended up being my number one. And I think it's just because, like I said about Werewolf by Night, this film just like left, I left the theater just so excited. Like my adrenaline was going, my blood was pumping. I was like, that was an awesome, awesome movie. Like, I feel like that's part of the reason why we go out and watch superhero movies is to feel that excitement and to like, just, you know, put our, put ourselves in their shoes for a minute and, um, you know, put ourselves in in the action and and all that i just thought that it was so so cool with the mixed martial arts with the kung fu uh style the chore the choreographed dance almost dance like sequences of a fight choreography we got um i just i just loved i was so excited to rank this film for style i gave it a five out of five um villain ranked a little bit lower for me even though uh tony leong did a, a great job in this role as he does in every role um but the action to story ratio four out of five am i excited about what's coming next i said fuck yeah i'm excited about what's coming next five, <laughs> out, of yeah, five. out of five i thought <laughs> i thought i thought that it really really stuck the landing um I'm I'm so excited to see what comes next for Shang. I'm so excited for Aquafina's character Katie, and I'm excited to see what the sister, uh, she, uh, what's her name, Shu Shailing Shailing, I think Shailing, her name is. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited to see what she's gonna do with the Ten Rings now that she's running the compound. That is so exciting to me. I just, I yeah. I'm just, I can't say enough good things about this movie. It's it's my number one, and I stand by that. <laughs> so those are our phase four rankings. Uh, I'm going to read them off all the way from 17 to number one. In last place, no surprise, with 34 points, Thor, Love, and Thunder. In 16th place, with 31 points, What If? In 15th place, with 30 points, Miss Marvel. In 14th place, with 26 points, we have Hawkeye. In 13th place, with 24 points, we have She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. At 12th place, with 22 points, we have Doctor Strange, Mom. Oh, sorry, Multiverse of Madness. I abbreviated it there. Um, <laughs> at number 16, right? No, 11. No. 11. <laughs> Wait, how did you get... No, sorry, 11. At number 11, with 21 <laughs> points... Sorry, I'm, I'm counting down on my fingers, but I, I only have 10, so I was going from 15 and going down, so I'm here. I'm like... 16 i'm like no this is okay i gotcha i gotcha um, 11 is black widow with 21 points now moving under our top 10 at number 10 we have fat w's falcon winter soldier with 18 points at number nine and eight we have a tie here with 15 points we have spider-man no way home and loki season one at number eight we have guardians of the galaxy holiday special with 14 points at number seven we have werewolf by night with 12 points at number six Oh, wait, no. I messed up again. 10 was Falcon and Winter Soldier. 8 and 9 was nine, No Way Home and Loki. 7 is Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Werewolf by Night is number 6 with 12 points. Number 5 is Moon Knight with 11 points. Number okay. 4 is Black Panther Wakanda Forever with 10 points. Tied for 2nd and 3rd with 8 points is WandaVision and Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings. And our number 1 with 7 points is Eternals. <laughs> Eternals is the wow! number 1 film. Which, again, if you look at Rotten I... Tomatoes... 
it's the opposite. Eternals is I stand by that. Eternals, but I stand uncomfortable. by that. Um, yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm comfortable with that ranking. In second with Shang-Chi, and, and my number one ended up in seventh place of Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't complain. I love it. Um, pretty solid list. And any other uh, thoughts after we've compiled that all? And I know that was sloppily read, sloppily read but on uh, Facebook, I'll put like a, yeah, a list, yeah, yeah. an actual official list out so people can actually see it. But um, any thoughts on that? That's a solid ranking, Dill. I I stand by that. Also, thank you, everyone, for bearing with me. I'm so sorry I had that coughing. I was coughing a lot during this episode, Um, so I'm so sorry to your ears. Yeah, thank you for watching all season. (laughs) This is part one of our season finale. As we said, our second half is the Marvel trivia match. So this is our like last time getting to just kind of like address you all um, and say thank you for another great year. Um, I can't believe this is still going. This was a passion project in the pandemic, and it's still going because people keep listening and people keep wanting to hear what we have to say. And there's more stuff that gets cranked out of Marvel every single week um we are going to be taking a hiatus after the title match to just kind of enjoy the holidays kind of settle in write a few more questions for other future matches and then we'll be back in january our season three kickoff will be um a match i believe between matt and zach but i have to check um for marvelous trivia and we'll have another you know undercard match uh but some exciting stuff coming down the line for the show we have a christmas draft day which kelsey will be a part of we have a um a christmas episode of frame wreck coming we have uh recipe for reality survivor finales coming this week so we've got our predictions coming out tomorrow night and mizak and i for the finale on wednesday uh we got a lot of stuff going on picture this will be christmas themed a lot of christmas themed shit um so maybe it's only fitting that guardians of the galaxy holiday special is my number one um Kelsey, where can they find you any last words on the season before we head into this title match guys say a prayer for this title match i'm very nervous uh no is a very good competitor um we'll see what happens though i'm genuinely rooting for him so uh we'll see what happens uh you can find me on instagram at kelsey a kilpatrick you could find me uh follow me on tiktok at cause 13 or you can subscribe to my youtube channel uh cause productions there it is you can find me dylan underscore Randazzo on twitter and letterbox dylan Randazzo 417 at tiktok and the dill pickle movie network on youtube and otherwise we'll see you next week for the finale of season two aka the finale of season one of trivia and of course the big title match between kelsey and noah it is going down pelvic sorcery using her superhero name we're going at it we're excited